Welcome to Grand Divisions. I'm Bill Haslam. I used to have a job with the state, but I lost it. So I'm moonlighting a little, and today I'm going to be interviewing the reporters from Grand Divisions. So welcome my guests, Natalie and Joel, although I guess technically I'm their <laughs> guests, uh, for what I hope is a great conversation about how does the news happen Thank and you. how did they end up doing it. Thank you for uh, for joining yeah, us today. Yeah, thanks for taking over the podcast today. Yeah. So, all right, well, here's where we're going to start. Tell us just a little thumbnail about you all. How did Natalie start with you and then Joel? Who are you? How would you end up here? Well, I'm Natalie Allison. I'm one of the hosts of Grand Divisions and state politics reporter at the Tennessean. I've been in Tennessee and Nashville for about two and a half years. Grew up where? I grew up in North Carolina. Where? Um, in Keep Elon, North Carolina. Okay, good. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I started reporting there. So I started covering the, the cops, breaking news, municipal government um, for several years out there. And then I came to Nashville to do the same thing here. So I started on the, the cops beat here in Nashville. And then in the, the summer of 2018, it was sort of during the the primary for the gubernatorial mm-hmm. and U.S. Senate race, um, started helping with politics coverage and then jumped to full time at the end of the summer. Perfect. Yeah. Joel? Uh, I How far you want to go back? <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you grow up? How'd you end up being a, a journalist? Originally from the west suburbs of Chicago. Um, so, you know, always was interested in news. I, I used to wait tables and regularly read newspapers in my downtime. Uh, I went to uh, school in, in Chicago. For, your younger, for our younger listeners, newspapers are these <laughs> things that are actually printed on paper and were actually real life things. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, <laughs> they were uh, they were very enjoyable back in the day. They still are today. <laughs> we still. <laughs> um, but yeah, I went to college, got an English degree, didn't go to journalism school. Um, always was interested in politics and thought I would love to be able to do uh, something related to politics, but not enter politics for a yeah. living. Uh, so eventually I found my way at a small newspaper in Pierre, not Pierre, but Pierre, South Dakota. Wow, I didn't, that's the first time I've ever I, learned that. I'm I know. Okay. If you go to Pierre, people will know you're not from Pierre <laughs> when you first say Pierre. Uh, yeah, so I, I was uh, just a general assignment reporter there, but given that it was the capital, I found myself uh, around the state house interviewing Governor Dennis Dugard at the time uh, quite frequently and enjoyed it. From there, I went to West Virginia where I served, uh, I worked at the, the state house uh, coverage there for uh, what was then the Daily Mail, uh, which then combined with another paper, uh, became a federal courts reporter for a brief period of time, and then came to Tennessee in January of 2016 to cover the state house here. So been here ever since. And one memorable night were my, was my jogging partner as we ro- ran home from the Capitol. Yep, that was one of the uh, one of my favorite assignments. That was interesting. <laughs> All right, um, you. So neither of you grew up here, but you came here, started covering Tennessee politics. What what what, what surprised you the most about Tennessee politics? I I think it's. I don't know that I would say surprised me the most, but I think it's it's interesting coming from a state. Uh, Illinois was dominated by Democrats. Uh, South Dakota dominated by Republicans. While there is so many political differences, I thought it was intriguing to see the, the many parallels, right? That you have the one-party domination that really yeah. has the ability to essentially do whatever they want, but also 
has to work within its own caucus and its own problems to kind of move forward with with yep. the state's goals. That was kind of an interesting uh, layer that I hadn't really thought about, you know, because, again, growing up uh, in the state of Illinois, I always thought, oh, what are these Republicans out there? You know, I see them <laughs> on the national level, but I don't know them locally. <laughs> and then you go see Republicans directly in, in you know, South Dakota and now Tennessee, and, and they're, they're no longer this, this you know, mag- magical uniform. <laughs> they are just the same as, as Democrats, just ideologically different, again, from my perspective of um, knowing that they have to work through the same squabbles, fights, and yeah. problems. I, I think for me, growing up in North Carolina, coming straight from North Carolina, um, it, I, I maybe was surprised at how many similarities there were. Mm. So, you know, in the years before I left North Carolina, uh, they were going through a lot of the same stuff Tennessee was. Mm-hmm. You know, they were grappling over expanding Medicaid and, right. and the, the liberals there were, were holding protests um, because the, the M- moral Monday. Yeah, yeah, that's right, where moral right, Monday started. Right. Um, same thing with that and and bathroom bills and right. literally all of the same issues that you know you would yep. have seen here in the past few years um, around 2010 or so the changeover in and control of the state legislature um, from Democrats to Republicans and and the um, the protests that began happening after that and so I, I feel like it, it I felt like I was at home when I came here I was like oh I've I've been reading yeah. the news about all of this for yeah. for several years and I wasn't covering the state house as much there um but it, it felt it felt very familiar whereas I guess Joel would have seen maybe you know different setups and and the states he was at and um they were grappling with their own issues that maybe we're not dealing with in Tennessee it felt like I came here and I was in the same place but I do think that there was maybe like some um more colorful personalities in the in the Tennessee General Assembly compared to North Carolina. I mean, you, you're going to find that in any state house, yeah, right? But that's it seems my like, experience. It seems like in Tennessee, it's particularly stacked, so. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So well, one of the things I'd love for people to do, because uh, I know a lot of, particularly a lot of the political players in Tennessee listen to you all and pe- people read because, you know, it's a fairly small political world. Mm-hmm. Um, so did, how, how does a story come to you? I know some of them are just obvious. They're, they're passing a budget. There's a Capitol Commission meeting on Nathan Bedford Forrest. But, so those are obvious. But other stories, how do you, how do you get stories? Well, it comes down to relationships is, is really the the key way we can do our job. So um, we get we get tips, right? We right. we get ideas in the course of a conversation with someone. Um, it's important not just to wait for whatever press release or announcement to come out, but we rely on uh, just ongoing relationships sure. with people. You know, it's the same thing in politics. So, so let me ask a specific question there because uh, that all makes sense. But you're, you rely on ongoing relationships. One of the questions would be those relationships are sometimes with people who are also your subject. So how do you balance like – what's, what's the old journalism deal? Is it, are they source or subject? Or there's some line like that. Um, how do you balance that? I think there, there are people over time that you can learn to trust more um, because of the tips that they give you that check out and they become really good stories. So you don't have to go through necessarily the same vetting process that you would go from a new person, right? Anytime a new person comes along, you have to know what kind of agenda. And everybody's got an agenda sure. with their stories. Sure. But you have to kind of vet, you know, is their agenda um, one that you uh, have to – 
kind of take the blinders off and realize, uh, is the story worth pursuing or not? I think over time, again, you get more sources, uh, you get more stories out of people that you kind of grow comfortable or get to know better. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean that we don't go through a vetting process at all. I, I, I think all the time there are people that I can just call who know the insiders sure. inside info that would be helpful. So, so here, here, one of the things that you all always do with people like me, and rightfully so, is you're always seeing, is there a conflict here? Sure. Right? And that's a, that's a legitimate question. Did you do this because they were doing that? So one of those issues is those people who are sources are also people that you're covering. Mm-hmm. So, so, I mean, there's... I mean, to the outsider, that feels like a natural conflict. How do you handle that? I mean, it, it can be tricky. You know, yeah. if somebody doesn't like a story, you write and, and they write Quit you off you for, for a yeah. few weeks. And then, you know, some of them will come back around and other people act like you've completely burned a bridge. But I think most people, um, you know, if, if if they're a legitimate source, they understand the dynamics of what's going on. They're going to have thick enough skin to know, like, if there's a story they don't like, they'll get over it and, and we'll, we'll it, move on. And I think it, in my time here, it's been interesting because many people uh, and and I don't mean to single out Republicans here but I think oftentimes I I cover the Republican House Republican caucus and even the Senate um, a lot more than I do the Democrats and I think that's largely just because of a numbers game sure um, some people would say you know uh, in 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 a direct uh, meet you in the hall you know whatever you're doing keep doing it yep I think in the public, they would, you know, oh, you know, we got to keep yeah, this yeah, press yeah, out. Sure. And so I think it, it is interesting because there has been a lot of that behind the scenes providing us access to information that I otherwise wouldn't have with people who you might expect to be kind of, you know, stand backish. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a good point. For, for some of these people to keep their jobs or to uh, not rock the boat too much, they, they have to outwardly be opposed to what we're doing, reporting, or what we stand for, um, exposing, you know, whatever wrongdoing we're alleging. But um, but I do think that there are plenty of people, certainly in state government, who um, who do value what we're doing, even though they can't. Sure, they can't admit no, that. No, and I can appreciate. I, I, but I can. I know from my experience, I can think. You know, if you're in that world, sometimes it's not hard to figure out who the source is. <laughs> um, and I know not either one of you, but writers who I could see, I know who their source was, and I can look back and I can promise you in history, they never once wrote a bad thing about that person. Mm-hmm. So h- how do you make certain you're not doing that, I guess, is that, again, I'm trying to drill down to h- how you work through the own issues in, uh, in your business. I, I, I treat everybody, I, I like to think I treat everybody in the same vein, that I, I <laughs> and maybe this is peeling back the onion a little bit too much, but I think everybody is... Um, telling me one thing when maybe something else is going on, right? So I treat everybody with the same <laughs> amount of skepticism. Do they teach you cynicism in journalism no, school? No, that's, that just, just <laughs> that's just me. <laughs> talk, to, talk to others that know I'm me. And that's, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, it, it's not to say that we, we aren't supposed to trust people. We do trust people, I think. But I think you have to take your inherent trust and just throw it out the window. Right. Um, whether that's you, Governor, or whether that's, uh, uh, let's, let's Let's pick on somebody who we've written a lot about, uh, Jeremy Durham. I I have to treat everybody with that same amount of skepticism. Otherwise, I'm going to have my inherent bias in the story. I think that is also one reason it's it's important to have um, a – 
more than one reporter yeah. know, from the same outlet covering something. Couldn't and agree it, more. It's a shame that acting like two yeah. reporters is a lot is a good thing because there was a point in time when the Tennessean had like you know five or six people yeah. covering the state house. Um, I imagine, and you know, we 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 need more now. But I think that that there is this inherent um, check and balance there with having another reporter. And, and maybe if, if there is a, a source for Joel or a source for me that, that we, um, you know, maybe aren't as inclined to look at as critically just because of the nature of our regular casual conversations, the other person is there to jump in and be like, well, you know, I actually heard this about and, that. And th- plus, let's not forget the editing process. Exactly. I mean, there, yeah. there are checks within the papers and, and, and the industry that, if you know you think that the reporter has some kind of bias, yeah. it goes through multiple levels of editing most and, of the time. Yeah. And I've said, like, while I, I wasn't always pleased with the way that uh, you and colleagues cover things, there's, there's still always the benefit of an editor, which social mm-hmm. media doesn't have. Mm-hmm. That, that's the reality of the world. So let me – the next question – Obviously, you all aren't just journalists, but you're people who have your own views of things. How do you make certain your own views don't come out in how you approach a topic? I think skepticism about the world, I mean, takes care of that in a way when really, I don't know. I I don't know that I've formulated strong views on a a number of topics just because I do sit here and I have to listen to both sides. And I'm like, well, that's a valid point. And that's also a valid point. It's not to say I don't have opinions, but I think I... I do look at most issues, um, you know, with, with skepticism, and I, I, I don't. I often think n- neither of these sides have this completely figured out or are completely right about this, and so um, I think that helps. You know, that helps me from having this, this very strong, developed opinion on any given topic I'm covering that would um, cloud the way I cover it yeah. or um, not allow me to to present it fairly. I kind of agree with that. And I, I think, you know, oftentimes we cover very charged issues, um, whether that's abortion right. or whether that is same-sex marriage. And Gun controllers. Exactly. Uh, yeah, right. And, and I, I look at it and think, personally, does this affect me? Not necessarily. Um, but that doesn't mean that I shouldn't embrace this story with the same vigor that I do with issues that do affect me, right? And so I think while there are some issues that I I do understand a little bit more, uh, I find it important to, again, take an issue of abortion and and present both sides of, if there are both sides, multiple stories, there are multiple sides of it um, with the same amount of attention that you would any other story. So... Shifting gears slightly, uh, the the media business is a tough business today. I mean, it's just the facts. That's I mean, news just, it, to us. Yeah, right. It's just a <laughs> I mean, like, back to Natalie. What you just said, you know, in the old days, the Tennessean had five or six, and then all the paper, other papers that can add on. If you had that, there were ten or twelve people out of that whole group covering yeah. Capitol Hill. And so the reality is, is that shrunk down to almost just the two of you in terms of all those uh, Gannett papers or. What do we call the company? Is it USA Today Network? USA Today Network. They're, okay. they're going to no, have papers. USA, yeah. Network, USA Today Network, Tennessee. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Okay. There we go. So <laughs> it's uh, a mouthful. Anyway, uh, so the, but the, that's just a signal. It's just a lot harder business than it mm-hmm. used to be. And while um, you know you'd like to push all that off, that's a reality. So how does that affect what you all do? In 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 light of this, and then end of the day, they still have to get people to read the article, click on the story, whatever. How does that affect what you do? Well, 
you know, we, <laughs> well, it's not just like we. I like we it get, that you all stammer for answers <laughs> just much, like we do. How much time you got? <laughs> also, also, uh, we, we. Want to anyway, keep our jobs. Yeah. <laughs> we we get it. Jobs we get it. Here, but, um, yeah, it's not like we're just let loose to go into the world and, re- right. and report and, and we don't have to uh, engage with the, the corporate processes at work. So, um, you know, while we're out reporting during the day, we're, we're getting emails about um, mandatory trainings that, you know, Joel likes to reference on Twitter frequently. Um, and, and we're getting... Joel must n- need more training than other people. He might get more of those sessions <laughs> than others. He more training. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, we're getting emails about new initiatives to drive traffic or to r- retain subscribers. So, so let's stop there. But, dri- I mean, obviously you have to drive traffic. I mean, that's just part of the deal. But there's stories that I would think that you know, or clickbait or whatever you want to call them. And, you know, it's kind of I mean, yeah, and sometimes silly. we hate it. So, right, I, but, but real, real quick, some so what people, do you do? <laughs> some people think that we get paid based off of the clicks right. of the story. That's not true. No. I mean, just set the record straight on that. I mean, I, I don't know about you, Natalie, but I don't care how many people read a story. Honestly, and and that may not be but, good. But your to bosses say. do. My bosses do, but it's their job to care about right. that, right? And it's they care, not. And, and they and we are reminded of you know yeah, this sure. story did really well, or or this one didn't, or or got X number of subscriptions. But uh, frankly, again, I'm going to chase what I think is a good story, and that's what I get paid to do. Everything else is is somebody else's job, in my opinion. Whether that's you know making the headline great, whether that's sharing it on social media. I don't care about any of that. I care about the one thing, and that's getting the story and making sure it's correct. But as you pointed out, we we're in a, a, an industry that is you know collapsing all around us, and so well, yeah, it's 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 we're not writing these stories because we want clicks or whatever. That is something that is constantly, I think, in in the mind of a reporter who exists in this um, environment, this news environment now, is that well. If I don't, if I don't have you know good web traffic, then when the next round of layoffs come, d- does that affect me? And so I don't, I don't think it determines what we're covering or um, contrary to what you know some of the the legislators like to tweet about. Um, we're not doing this to to get clicks, or we're not doing this to sensationalize. However, um, I, it's not something we can ignore either. It is something we're aware of and conscious of, and. Um, I don't think it affects how I write a story, but it it is something that is is always at you know the back of our minds when we're thinking about well when are the next round of layoffs. Well, and I also think one thing that we often as journalists don't talk about because we don't have a, the opportunity. It, it, it's very difficult to work in an environment where you may not have your job. Get a, a month from now, six months from now, and, right? And and you know that's everybody that is an at will employee. I get that, but again, we we are are as endangered as coal miners, and we often don't talk about that fact and the human toll that that puts on you when you go to work and know that your friends and loves loved ones in. F- two months, or uh, I mean, for us, we we've been told layoffs are going to continue through February. It's just a big question mark that we have to have over our heads and just keep going and do your job. I often uh, let that overwhelm me, but I just let the work kind of continue and force me to go back to work the next day. So, so all that aside, what would you like? Like I said, the realities are you, you get a limited number of words that you get uh, 
you know, printed or published um, every day. You're, there are certain things that you know are, you know, going to, I know this is something that's going to attract a lot of interest versus what are those things like, I'd love to be able to help people understand this about state government. What are those things that you, if you had more time and the freedom to not worry about what are those things you'd like people to, to understand? Better? I would like to um, have more impact stories on how the, the budget affects people. I would love to yep. be able to dig deeper into state agencies. I mean, yep. we don't do enough on state agencies. We care a lot about the politics and right. about the interplay of the legislature, but I don't think we we are adequately equipped to show the day-to-day impacts that are, are decided right. on, a, on a, a local or, or an agency level and how it affects local citizens. I would love to be able to do that more. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. And, you know, you'll we'll write some kind of story that, you know, maybe there there was a good scoop or a good angle and we'll get these emails or we'll get these tips. Hey, you should really follow up on this or mm-hmm. that. And and there's just not time often. Like right. maybe you'll have a, a good investigative um, piece, but then you have to move on to the next daily story. And so I think having more staff at at our paper at any paper um, is ideal for that reason because there just isn't the time to do that digging when you have to turn out daily stories on you know what bill was passed or you know who who said this or that yeah no I, I think I mean I actually I think you're right on I mean right on target as somebody was a governor one of my frustrations was all the sound and noise around uh uh, state government happened with what happened in the legislature, which is really important. I'm not mm-hmm. minimizing that, but we have 40,000 employees out there, everything from helping people with mental health issues to people with intellectual disabilities to people, you know, National Guard troops stationed all over the world, uh, all the different things we're doing. And that that's what we do. That That's yeah. the job of state government. But I, I get it why you can't delve into that, but I, it is a, a critical reality. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, let me ask this. What's What's the last good story you wrote about state government? What do you mean by good? Like, like positive? Yeah, you know, here's something. Here's something that oh, state government's you guys doing right. Always want us to do more of. <laughs> well, and so always want you. So when's the last time you did one? Oh boy. What is, <laughs> no, no. Does this mean I need a story that didn't have any critical element to it? No, no, no. Just I mean, I'm I'm assuming out there with these thirty eight thousand employees, something good is happening somewhere. When's the last time you wrote a good story? <laughs> oh man, come on. Way to put us on the spot. Um. I don't know that I would frame everything that we do as negative, but you I should often, be in politics. This is a great dodge you got going I, on. I often find that we write stories of conflict, but at the same time, we often just are documenting documenting what goes on. Like for example, I went to the the Senate Republican Caucus meeting. I was the only reporter there, right? Uh, and it was I don't remember Crossville, I guess, or Cookville. Um, I wasn't writing about any infighting or any negative thing. It was just, again, to show the public where the caucus is. So, I I mean, I would argue that that may be uh, a a good piece. Um, uh, I don't know that that's what you're looking for. But, but of course, the the House Republican Caucus wouldn't let us in there. (laughs) Uh, I I mean, I think, okay, I guess if I'm thinking of stories that highlighted something good that government was doing without a – uh, terribly critical angle. It was. It would probably have been um, about the passage of the Katie Beckett waiver okay. program. All right. Um, and I mean, that's a legislative thing. It's not yep. really State Department. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I I wrote about how what they're doing is really actually going to help families who who need that um, 
you know, that assistance paying for care for their severely disabled children. And I often think, you know, granted, people look at the news and they say that this is just negative all the time. And that's why I tune out and don't pay attention. But at the same time, you know, the government has the ability to be its own platform and say, we're doing a really good job on this. Our job is to find where the, the issue, uh, part of our job, not all of it, but part of it is to find where people are falling through the cracks and expose and highlight how they need to get, you know, uh, some either assistant or, or an issue fixed is my point. Well, I, I think that's fair. I'll, I'll argue the other side a little sure. bit is so you have, a, I think you have, we have a role where if you look at all the polling, it just shows that trust in institutions of every kind is on a rapid uh, decline. Yep. And... I would argue some of that is due to social media and just it's easier to take shot stuff. But some of that is why would I think government does anything well? Yeah. Uh, because where would I ever hear that? And I just, like I said, I'm I'm not defending, but I'm maybe I am defending. Like I, I just, I'd go out there in our agencies all the time and go, this is really, really good stuff. But I think you, of all people, can appreciate that if, if USA Today Network Tennessee has two reporters to, I, I can to cover – you know, state government, then what are we going to focus on? It's not going to be rah, rah, go Tennessee. It's going to be these are the areas that need to be changed. And, and, and also, I mean, will I acknowledge that Tennessee is in a great place? Of course. I come from a state that is is thoroughly broken. You know, it, it hasn't, Illinois is just a massive right. failure of, of its finances. Its pension system is out of control. Right. Uh, there's countless uh, elements of corruption. I mean, a lot of that does not occur here. Where Our ec- economy is booming compared to most other states. A triple A bond rating. Joel. I mean, uh, that's all uh, all a great thing, and we can we can talk about that. But again, uh, is that necessarily news every day? Not necessarily. But I do think some of those policy decisions that help drive that can be uh, yes, a good news thing. Right. Again, I just don't know that we have the time to do that every yeah. day. Fair enough. What uh, both of you obviously are doing what doing what you do. You think. Boy, I would love to have this interview. Who who would each of you, you get to pick uh, magically anybody in the world alive, you get you get to interview. In, who, in or outside of Tennessee. You're, you're, anybody in the world, you get to pick. Who, who would you like to interview? They have to be alive. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess at this point I would I would say the, the president of the United States, yeah. That would be an <laughs> the, interesting the one. The current one. Yeah, the current, the current president. Why? Uh, <laughs> why not? I mean, uh, he's... Maybe the most powerful person in the world. I don't know, depending on the day. Uh, I think we're about to run out of time, so I'll throw you sure. what you never do for me, one layup question, okay? <laughs> uh, th- this. what If if we swap jobs for a while or somebody came in and did your all's job for a while, when, when it came time to swap jobs back a week later, however long, what would say what would what would surprise us about your job? If you and I, uh, if either of us, we, we swap jobs, what would it what would when when we swap keys back at the end of the week? What 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 would what would I say? Wow, that really surprised me. I think I think if someone was was doing my job in in the way that I try to do it, they would realize that I, I actually don't have a, an agenda. I don't have this ideological agenda that I'm carrying out. That I mean, daily I get criticism from people on both sides sure. of the political spectrum that I'm. Um, I'm too liberal. I'm too conservative. I'm, I'm familiar with that. Yeah, exa- exactly. I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure you are. Um, and I think I think people would see that just because they see a story or headline that they don't like, or even a series of them, that it, that it's not because I'm carrying out some agenda. It's just that's what's that's what's in front of us. Yeah. That's what we have to do. Whether it's you know something the editor has has 
assigned or just something that we feel is a story. Um, I think I think someone doing this job and, and doing it in um, the way you're supposed to would would find that that's not the case that we're not we're not working for George Soros or we're not um, working for anyone with a particular ideological agenda that you know often people would say is a liberal one um, that we're trying to carry out. I would say I think people would be surprised at how much we have to just be adaptable, right? We never know what's going to happen in a, a legislative environment or in a political you know, fight or whatever it may be. And we have to adapt very quickly. Uh, we get demands from uh, not necessarily our direct editor, but others in the office that say, you know, what, what's your, your story going to be uh, by the end of the <laughs> Most sure. of the time we come in and we don't really know. Right. And so you have to just boom, 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 quickly react to that. And, and I think for us, Natalie has an experience experience as a breaking news reporter. So she has that ability. For me, that was a really interesting learning yeah. curve to just, you know, I, I went from writing one story, you know, uh, a, a week really to now all of a sudden, some days we write four or five. Uh, I th- I, yeah. 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 And, and so I think it's just a, uh, the hectic pace and the ability to have to oh, switch your mind even, you know, you're learning one day about Katie Beckett, which you knew nothing about oh, yeah. going into it. And then all of a sudden you're writing I about, agree. you know, a really complex other thing, uh, that's that would be a surprise, I think, to right. people. Well, thanks. Uh, th- the reason I actually did this today with you all is I do think what you do is really important. I was first elected a mayor 16 years ago, uh, almost this week. Uh, it was sworn in, okay? And the, the decline in knowledge of your average citizen about state and local politics is incredibly discouraging to me. And as much as I didn't always like you all hanging around and asking me questions, it's really important, and this isn't a commercial for USA Today, Tennessee, or whoever you all work <laughs> Journalism for. Journalism in general. Yeah. But it just in general, yeah. it, it, it really matters. And unfortunately, people get most of their news from their phone or from a cable TV network on a national issue. And I'm, it, it, I'm amazed at how much little how much less people know about state and local stuff. So, and, and I think there is a direct correlation between the downfall of our industry and uh, the lack of interest in, in just kind of these impactful and, and, and some people would argue the change of democracy that we've had in recent years. Right. And it's like I said, my, my particular passion, because I think it matters so much as state and local government and everybody's ex- worried about, you know, whatever they're saying on Fox or CNN. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm always arguing, it's, what happens at City Hall and capital, state capital really impact your daily life yep. a lot more. Way more. There's just so much less knowledge. So while I, while, I don't, while I don't always like what you do, I like the fact that you do it. Uh, and uh, hopefully um, work like yours will encourage people to pay a lot more attention to state and local government. So thanks. Do you well, think you would like being a reporter? Do you think you would enjoy our job? You know, I actually, I, I, there'd be a, I'd have a certain advantage because having been on the inside, you kind of have a sense of like, well, here's how I think that really happened. Uh, I, so there's a part of me that would like, I love asking questions. I, I love that part. Um, I would also probably be frustrated because like I know you are, that we'd like to be able to ask more questions to understand more, but we only have a certain amount of access and a certain amount of time uh, and that we can cover. So I, I think in the end of the day, I'd be frustrated. Well, thank you again for coming on and for hosting. Thanks, I assume there's no royalty paycheck here. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep an eye out for your mailbox here. Thanks. <laughs>